Good morning and welcome back to Chop for Time. My name is Ben. I'm here with my friends Jacob, Thomas, and Coffee is yeah. the primary friend. It's my best friend, if I'm being quite honest. Gentlemen, how are you this I don't know morning? If we should be offended by that or we've been <laughs> we've been outdone by a liquid. <laughs> Far outdone by a liquid. So how's it going? How are things? How were you, how was your weekend? Things are good. I mean Yeah, it was pretty hectic, but yeah. When, when is it all when you work at a church? You know? Exactly. That's the, hey, the weekend's the time. It's like Monday. We only work Sundays anyway. Yeah, that's right. So, For an hour. Yeah. That's yeah. it. So, you know, it's like that one hour of hysteria right. in our lives each week. Uh, so, yeah. Anything interesting happened in your all's life this weekend? We, My wife and I were out of town. Uh, that's right. So yeah. we, we took a little, little getaway trip to see my daughter, which yes. was good. Which was yes. fun. Um, so... What happened while I was gone? Uh, I haven't been deported yet, so that's a good sign. This I'm in, is, in this the middle is a of positive. My, my immigration green card process for the second green card, so so excited to get that over and done with. Yeah. And e- even amongst all the be- banter that we have at the beginning here, we would like to pause and ask you guys just to pray yeah. for this process, I mean, yeah. because it is a major headache. And yep. we, we, we have grown somewhat fond of Thomas and we kind of like to keep him around. Yeah, that would I would appreciate it. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Jacob, right. so you said it was hectic, said it was busy, said it was crazy. What happened, man? So I went home for a little while. Uh, I started a D&D campaign. <laughs> yes, now we're talking. Here we go. Now we're talking. And then like literally every second after that D&D session, I was just busy with like homework and stuff. So Nice. You know, we we need to play risk we need to get yeah. a big risk yeah, yeah, game yeah. going no doubt that's so, that's let's just so end the podcast now let's yeah, just, since so, we're not going to so work many, today anyhow there's so many big rooms downstairs that you could turn into a good like oh yeah war room you yeah. know yeah put a I big like sign that. up the war room i like how you're thinking right now thomas i like yeah. how you think yeah. all right so sunday we'll talk a little bit about sunday i get to yeah. interview you yeah kind no, of this different. week a little little bit of a change of pace here usually uh, whenever this happens during chop for time i'm all over the place so i need to try and keep a bit more structure when <laughs> going over the bits that were chopped yeah ephesians we are back this mm-hmm. month beginning this month into our year through ephesians we're into chapter two right. march this year and we're busting into chapter two mm-hmm. wide open um verses one through three and we'll Mm -hmm. go ahead and read those i'll read those for us here and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world following the prince of the power of the air the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh carrying out the desires of the body and the mind and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Um, I did notice a couple things in your message yesterday. The first thing was like, you were like, oh, look, it's a bus. Let's throw Ben under it, <laughs> like right out of the gate. Uh, and you didn't even clarify exactly how this went down. So I feel like oh, it, is, it is my obligation not to let this go unsaid that's because... Right. When we first began to talk about you this, you weren't even here, so it was, it was fair game. It was. Listen, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I'm the host of this episode, though, so That's this true. is this That's is true. where we're going. True. Um, it was initially mapped out for you to do verses one through ten. Yes. And as we were talking about it, you said, "I really feel like there's probably a need." To divide this, which right. I agree one hundred percent about. So yeah, I mean, you, yeah, you did get the sermon on death. You did get the gospel. You you, you know, and you got yep. this one, which um, for any of you 
Calvinists out there, this these first three passages of Ephesians chapter 2 was actually where John Calvin arrived at his total depravity of man. Mm-hmm. This was kind of the, the inspiration scripture of right. um, his belief of man being totally depraved. Right. So um, in my defense... I did give you the option of the yeah. good parts of yeah. it, too. Yeah, so. that's true. I, I actually was the one who suggested talking about the devil. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So. yeah. And, and that was that was interesting. Right. Uh, I think that one of the things that really stood out to me is my wife and I were listening uh, you know, in the car as we were driving. You were talking about, let's not gloss over this fact. Because you did mention right. the... The were, you know, and yeah. you were, which yeah. refers to past tense, and, right. and you so can unpack that here. That in there at the yeah. end, yeah. Um, but then you said, let's talk about this, the prince of the power of the air. Right. Because mm-hmm. it's really these three verses are kind of, it's a fulcrum, you know, that these right. first three balance on this biblical character right. of the prince of the power of the air. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned, and I think it's worth just a, a real, real quick uh, review, uh, especially the fact of the name or the lack thereof. Right, right. Yeah, um, that was one of the things, this this passage, like you were saying, is where we get a lot of deep theological discussions. Um, I actually didn't focus on probably one of the biggest ones that t- typically comes from this passage, but we just narrowed down onto the, the, the character mentioned. Because um, typically we don't talk about him too much in church services, kind of understandably. Um but yeah, this this character, the Prince of the Power of the Air, has multiple names. Um, he goes by uh, the Devil, Beelzebub, and um, which is I'm never quite sure how to pronounce that one properly. You got it. Uh, you got Lucifer, uh, Satan, and multiple ones. But we were just to start out. I, I wanted to try and like emphasize things that this character is not. And um, we've kind of talked about this before. Of like you know, if you want to define something, start by defining what it isn't. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, he. He is never given a name in the Bible, as much as we think. And that's so he fascinating. Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I've always thought his name was Satan, and mm-hmm. uh, whereas biblically, I mean, Satan just means the adversary or the or, or the opposer. And there's many, many. I didn't really get into this, but there are many Satans in the Bible, and um, or people who are labeled as opposers, and um, whether it's uh, humans who are sort of against the people of Israel, um, or uh, I mean, some people take it whenever Jesus talks to Peter like that he's, he's calling him an opposer there's also there's plenty of debate about that one as well um, as to whether it is actually the Satan is, has a hand in that it's all very complicated but anytime that biblically um, this character is called Satan it's more the Satan the opposer like the, the opposer of all opposers mm-hmm. type of thing mm-hmm. and you got Lucifer meaning the morning star it's just like uh, the morning star in Latin mm-hmm. uh, is where we get the, the name Lucifer Again, another title of the one that holds on the longest, you know, before he goes down. Um, Beelzebub, the Lord of the Flies. Haven't looked a huge amount into that one. I think, you know, you, you can watch movies or <laughs> read books, whatever, about that one. Um, and then the devil, meaning the slanderer or the accuser. And I think the devil's the main one. But then again, with the devil, we get this idea that he's this big red beast with horns and a forked tail. And that's not in the Bible at all either. <laughs> Fact, not even in Ezekiel. Yeah, man. yeah, <laughs> that's a trippy book. Like, and in yeah, and in Ezekiel is the only only description I know of, the only one I could find of this character, and he's called beautiful and full of wisdom. Which, I mean, there's again a whole pile of rabbit trails you can go down yeah. with that of like, why do you think, or you know, it, it's clear that there is a problem when humans chase after 
outer beauty mm-hmm. and that's something that he mm-hmm. is known for you know so something that he's capable of using whereas god looks at the inside you know it's also this other difference between the two um and then the last one was he's just not some mythical force. Yeah. He's not some gunk floating around in the air. I did. I, I, I like the gunk reference. You the made gunk, that twice. Right. I, I could the tell gunk, in the second when you were trying to come up with something else, and it was just the gunk was right. just the holding The gunk was with actually you. specifically for one young person who <laughs> used the word gunk at our youth leadership meeting for something. Mm-hmm. Um, Very nice. And yeah. I just sort of threw that out there, and he noticed, so yeah. I appreciated it. <laughs> yeah, and another thing kind of building on this that really stood out to me is you were talking about that the devices of mm. this opposer of right. the Satan is it's really not changed yeah. since the beginning of time, since the yep. original temptation. Yeah. Um, and he specializes in making good things mm. uh, seem more noble right. or maybe better than what they are. Mm. When you were talking about idolatry, really, mm-hmm. you know, yep. anything that yep. was taking the place of Christ in our life, anything right. that was moving higher than our relationship with God in our life. And you made the statement that, uh, you know, while morality is great, while standing up for causes that you believe in uh, from socially, culturally, politically, whatever, uh, that's that, that's okay. <laughs> the moment that it surpasses, even good, right. solid morals, right. whenever they surpass the value you have for Christ in your right. life, it's become a sin. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a challenge for, I mean, I, I find that really difficult to say as well, because personally, I love the practical stuff, mm-hmm. right? I want to know practically, how does this work? You know, how mm-hmm. can I implement this in my life? And that's a really hard thing to practically do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, how do I practically love Jesus more? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> what do I, because my mind goes to what do I physically do to make myself love Jesus more? And that's not how it works. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it's so it's such a minefield of like um it's clear throughout the Bible that the main character is Jesus. Everything is Jesus. The person we should aspire to love above everything is Jesus. Um but we're so physically driven that we just want to do things and make things happen and and use that to show that we love Jesus as opposed to actually love Jesus in the first place. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, mm, you know, yeah. like doing, doing the dishes at home and cleaning up the house for my wife shows that I love her, mm-hmm. but it doesn't make me love her. Right. And like, how do you actually like go about making that love happen? Yeah. Is really Yeah, because in different. reality, you could do the dishes and not love her. Yeah, yeah. It'd still be something that you could accomplish right. completely and totally detached from love. Right. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Um, so it's... Uh, it's, I was up for about up until about three a.m. the other day talking to a friend about all of this kind of stuff of the place for the church, um, and legislation and morality and all that kind of stuff. And we both agreed on things, but in a, in a very different manner. Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, we both believe that in my brain it makes sense that the church should be leaders. Like we, you know, if we if we can get into political systems and structures, then we can change. Mm-hmm how the world works but then the bible is like no go wash some people's feet yeah like put yourself at the bottom of the food chain if you want to affect the food chain mm-hmm. and you're just, like in our brains we're like that doesn't work do you know like that doesn't make any sense but then we see one example of jesus doing it and it worked really well yeah. <laughs> do yeah. you know what i mean yeah. um but yeah it's awesome. jacob what uh, what stood out to you yesterday from thomas's message 
Um, what stood out to me is he, he talked about the dark ages when the church ruled everything. They dictated right. everyone's morality. And that just, that was like, whoa, <laughs> you're right. I, I stole that one from Ben, so get, I, I'm going to give him full credit for that one. <laughs> I started thinking about, you know, like Twitter. We see so many Christians attacking uh, mm. the LGBTQ plus community oh. and just all, all these other things that are sinful, but really we're not supposed to be like, hey, you're going to burn in hell. We're supposed to share the gospel with them. Right. And we'll get to that because that really is important. Right. We need to align our moralities with God's. Right. But... I mean, if someone's shouting at you from across the street, is that is that going to make you want to be like, oh, that guy looks like a good person to spend my time with? <laughs> right. And, you know, yeah. and it, just, it doesn't make sense to me. That's such a hard thing to articulate as well of making sure that, especially when you're preaching, like, I don't want people to think that my morals are like, I don't care about morality. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, um, you know, with that example of, um, especially with regards to like the LGBTQ community and stuff like that, which is a very hot topic. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want people, it's it's hard to articulate that in a way that says, hey, I still do believe what the Bible says. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we don't want to come across as heretics of like, what well, doesn't matter? Like, mm-hmm. we don't care. But but like like you were saying earlier, and you know, what we're, we're saying here is like, the moment you put that above Jesus, or the moment you put their sin above your love for Jesus as well, it's it's game over. Like yeah. it's, you've yeah. missed the point. Yeah, um, and and I I look you know kind of like with the street preachers with the person standing on the corner, you know, shouting and proclaiming. Yeah, it may not be um, the best method, but I remember one right. time when Rachel was riding, she was still in a car seat. Um, you know, she was you know a guy was doing that, and he was holding a sign that said "Jesus saves," and she was old enough that she could read and begin right. to comprehend that. And she was like, you know. That's not what we do. Why is he doing that? What's different from mm. that? I'm just like, and I had to take that moment and go, honey, whether we think that's the best means and the best method or not, let's right. recognize that he's at least passionate about it. Mm-hmm. And he's at least doing something. Because that was a moment of check for me. It's like, okay, it's really easy for me to look at that person and go, oh, that doesn't work. Right. But then I have to look and go, me not doing anything doesn't work either. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I mean, it, <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's just this uh, passion applied properly. Right. Is, is something that we all struggle with. Right. Because passivity. Yeah. We can be passionate in our love towards Christ, but be wrong in our passivity. Right. Just as somebody who's passionately in love for Christ can be wrong in their confrontational, almost militant, militantism yeah. type style. Yeah. Um, yep. And that yep. finding that place within communities that do not believe the same that we believe yeah. of not compromising what we believe scripturally, right. but yet also not compromising scriptural love at the same mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, yeah, it's that, that's a huge yeah. balance for us to try to find. That's one of those things as well of like there have been times in the past where that has worked. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the street preaching and all and that. And there's still people who and, get saved from yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's one of those things of culturally things change. Pe- the way that people respond to the gospel and the method of putting across the gospel changes. I think that's totally fine. And mm-hmm. um, we've said this before, of like the method can change, but the message stays the same. You know, that I mean, I think that's kind of Southland's line in Lexington that I picked up from John Weiss. But, mm-hmm. um, but it's good. You know, it's you know the idea of like we can change our method, um, but the message has to stay the same. Yeah. Um, and that's that's again what I was trying to get across of like look we have to care about morals we have to care about what the Bible says about different laws that's so important please don't hear me saying oh it doesn't matter 
but um, your reason behind it has to be Jesus mm-hmm. as opposed to, well, this is right. Yeah. It's like, well, no, it's it's right because Jesus. <laughs> like, And that's, that's, you know, where we have to start from. Um, but yeah, it's... It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> Jacob, anything else stick out to you? Um, that was that was the main thing for me. Uh, one comment stood out in particular. You said you had an atheist friend who said, mm. the reason I can never become a Christian is because of how they act. Right. Mm-hmm. And that just that struck a chord. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I'm glad you brought up the Gandhi quote because immediately mm-hmm. when you said that, I thought of Mahatma Gandhi yeah. whenever he said, listen, I love your Christ. I just, I, I really can't stand the Christians. You yeah. know, I mean, that's yeah. the, you know. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. Yeah, yeah. it's, yeah. it's, that absolutely broke my heart. And I, I mean, I don't know if he knows that I actually shared that today, but I'll tell him at some point. But um, yeah, it's just one of those things of like, our actions do actually matter. Mm-hmm. The way that we treat people actually matters. Yeah. You know, um, you know, we want people to follow Jesus. So we have to actually act like it, you know. Um, but, uh, I mean, with regards to things that we, we like chopped. Yeah. What, what did you, what did you cut out here? Plenty. <laughs> um, yeah. Cause there's a lot of stuff there, in this. There is, yeah. yeah. So the thing that you already mentioned, the total depravity mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. um, uh, I, I kind of wanted to get into, um, but time wise it, I, th- I feel like we've, we've talked about it a few times in different sermons here and there. Um, whereas the stuff about, um, our enemy, we hadn't really tackled since I've been here so I thought well we'll dive into that a bit more but especially that Ephesians 2 stuff um, is like everybody among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh according to the desires of uh, of the body and the mind and we were by nature children of wrath like by nature that's where we start um, which is a, I mean there's a big theological discussion about that but the fact of the matter is before Jesus we're dead Yeah, it's not even like you know, you were alive, but you weren't truly living. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, you weren't even alive in the first place. Yeah. Like, spirit, you were just, a, like, spiritually you were a walking corpse. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and God truly brings life. And I try, I kind of tried to get there at the end, talking about, like, look, if you want the things that the world desires, the enemy offers it. Yeah. You know, go for it. But if you want an eternity of perfection and joy and true life, only God offers that. Um and unfortunately, that's the thing we all we all have to ask ourselves all the time: is like, do I want money and power and control? Uh, if so, then I'm going to worship the devil. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, there's two choices. <laughs> like, it's not, it's not like I'm going to worship God or I'm going to be an atheist. Yeah. Or I'm going to worship this other god. Or I'm going to, or I'm going to follow money. If you follow anyone other than Yahweh, you're following the enemy. Yeah. Um. There is no in between there's no fence you know like um and uh i mean i could i mean you can go as hardcore on that as you want yeah. especially with the the total depravity stuff of like look you're his you are the devil's mm-hmm. until you accept the fact that the cage door is wide open and you can just walk out at any time yeah. you know mm-hmm. um uh another thing actually i don't know if i i cut this but you just mentioned it and it made me think was um, I referenced it a little bit of how our enemy can manipulate good things yeah. 
and turn them bad. Yeah, I thought you know that I mean? was a that was a great great point that you made. But it's funny how the flip side of that is exactly what you were talking about two weeks ago with Joseph of yeah. how God uses bad things and can manipulate them and flip them into something good, you know. Um, and I don't from those two examples of like there's one who can take good things and turn them into evil and one who can take evil things and use them for good I think I'm going to follow the latter <laughs> do you know, do you know yeah, what I mean like yeah. these are your two options which are you going to go for um, uh, and but yeah it just the way you were saying it just made I was like oh I didn't even think of the whole thing with mm-hmm. um, uh, Joseph yeah, that we were talking about um, and the other the other stuff that I kind of left out was the there were a few areas in the Revelation 2 passage which is where we sort of jumped to mm-hmm. um, when talking about our, our obsession with morality you know the the church in Ephesus at the time were upholding all of these rules and these laws and it's great. Like they were encouraged by, for it, but they've forgotten their first love. There's other little passages in there like following, you know, hating the ways of the Nicolaitans and stuff, but I just felt like for this, um, the focus is like we need to uh, recognize who our first love is and really dive into that and, and understand that. Um, and uh, I've lost my passage. Where are we? Okay. Um, but w- with with that moral um, dilemma that we have of having, wanting to obsess over morals, I think for everybody in life groups or anywhere has to keep check of their and we talk about this a lot, of their Facebook posts mm-hmm. and of how they talk mm-hmm. you know, like, if I can tell more about you as a person um, or more about your political views and your moral views from your Facebook page than I can about your radical view of Jesus and love for Jesus, then we got a we got a problem. Yeah, there's an issue yeah. there. Um, yeah. And like, there are people in this church who, um, you know, there, or there's people everywhere who who can sometimes rub you up the wrong way a little bit, and you kind of get a little frustrated with, and you think, well, are, where are they? I've never ran into one here at this church. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> well, where are they in this? And you know. Spiritually, we're like, do they, you know, are they, are there, is their heart in the right place? And I actually had, like, this is this is wrong for me. I mean, I'm confessing here in front of you. There, were, there was one or two individuals who I was thinking, it's like, oh, they're going to struggle with this because they're those types of people who are going to, you know, who make the Facebook posts and do all that kind of stuff. And that morning, on Sunday morning, I went on Facebook and I was just scrolling through, and one of the key people I had in mind posted a thing about Jesus. Yeah, and I was like, "There we go." Yeah, I was like, <laughs> "Okay, fantastic!" Like, you know, that was God slapping me in the face of "Don't judge people yeah. too quickly," but like, it is it is true that we just have to be careful of what we speak about. Um, someone once told me that the thing that speaks loudest about you is what you speak loudest about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if if all you're ranting about is being a Republican or being a Democrat um, and not being a Christian you know we're missing the point yeah. and and again it's not wrong to be a republican or a democrat but the thing is are you going to be a republican capital r with christian small c mm-hmm. or are you going to be a christian capital c with democrat small d or republican small r right. do you know what i mean like right. it's your priority where mm-hmm. that where that lands yeah you know um we're really good at putting our our nation and our our cultural identity first. Well, we're, we're a tribal people. Yeah. You know, and that's yep. that's all the way back through the annals of history. You know, we see that that tribal <laughs> mentality. Um, and and that's, that's something that I think that I was... Uh, you know, it, it's good to be able to step away 
uh, you know, speaking right. from a from a senior pastor standpoint, to be able to step away for a weekend and just right. kind of decompress and relax and right. not have to worry about um, how solid of a biblical representation that's going to be given from your pulpit on a Sunday morning. Right. So publicly, I would like to say thank you well, uh, for not only handling Scripture rightly, but taking it so seriously that that you give it the weight that it it truly truly deserves. So thank you. Jacob, anything else? Comments, questions, snide remarks, anything? Uh, no, I mean, I was there for Thomas's sermon, and it was a banger. <laughs> uh, there it is. There it is. Can't, you, you've, you've peaked. You've I peaked. Think, it's only that, downhill from here. It's only downhill. This is true. That's it. That's it. Well, if it was good, it was all thanks to Jesus. <laughs> there were plenty in my notes that I didn't end up talking about, which probably means that there were a pile of nonsense that yeah. I shouldn't have tackled. Yeah. As we close here, quick story about that comment that he just kind of made. I was at a conference one time. You know, Young Pastor Ben was at a conference with this keynote speaker who was up there. And during the worship, there they had a lady that kind of did a, a special song, what we would equate to that. And uh, after the service was over, I was standing there talking with the keynote, and and she walked by, and he, you know, he said, "Hey, give me just a second. And he uh, looked at her, and he went, "Sister, that was a that was a really excellent job with that song. I really appreciated that. That was a blessing." And she said, "Oh, brother, that that wasn't me. That was all Jesus." And he looked at her, and he went, "Yeah, it wasn't that good." <laughs> I was like, "Wow! <laughs> Ouch! Okay." All right. Well, it was good talking to you. That's a, that's a good way of putting it, actually. Yeah, yeah. just like that. Yeah, I'm yeah, not if, saying if it, it was, was false it was, humility, but if you it was know, all Jesus, it would be a lot better. Yeah, if it that's was true. all Jesus, it would have been just perfect. So, but anyhow, well, guys, thank you for joining us yet again for Chopped for Time. Next week, uh, we will be in Ephesians chapter two, verses four through ten. If you'd like to go ahead and read that study that, pick that apart, dissect it. It's going to be a little bit more of a um, of an encouraging, hope-filled right. message other right. than you're doomed, uh, right. you're terrible, and you're worthless, um, which thank you, Thomas, for reminding us of that because you're that's very welcome. really true. Uh, <laughs> you know, so. this, this passage coming up, um, I was talking to my pastor back home in Ireland about it, and I don't know if this is fully appropriate to say, but he said that uh, the first two words or the first word in Ephesians uh, chapter two, verse four, is one of the best butts in the Bible. Yeah, yeah, maybe the biggest also. <laughs> the biggest, yeah. yeah. So I, I'll leave us with this. Um, about a week ago, I posted this on my social media pages, and I, I, I would like to close this out with this. I wasn't in the process of drowning in my sin and sorrow, needing Christ to throw a life ring to rescue me. I was dead. I was dead in my sins. And I stood in need of being brought to life. That's what Jesus did for me. He didn't just rescue me from sin. He rescued me from death. And I think that's the perspective that we need to have. So, Guys, Absolutely. until next week, for Jacob, for Thomas, for myself, for everyone here at FCC, faculty, staff, anyone who's ever listened to a basketball game I've commentated knows exactly where <laughs> I'm going with this. We hope that you have a great remainder of your week.